when we choose love and compassion, we create connection. In my Life and Laughter podcast, we find ways to choose love over fear. I'm your host, Perry Kinder. Welcome back to my Life and Laughter podcast. It is so good to have you here listening. I appreciate all your support, your feedback, uh, all the things. So thank you for being here. Today, I'm talking about books, which I know, shocker, you, you all know that I love to read, or maybe you know that I love to read. If you don't know, I love to read. I especially love to read fiction novels because I love me a good story. I love how the characters play out, and I love their interaction, and I love the surprises and the twists. I love all of that. But once in a while, I actually read nonfiction books, and usually they fall into the self-help genre because I'm always trying to make myself into a better person, into a kinder person, into a more patient person. And I don't know, it might be working. Some days I feel like it's working. Some days I feel like I should just get get back in bed and, and start over the next day. But I thought for this for this episode that I would share some of my favorite self-help books with you that have really made a difference in my life over the past maybe 20 years. I know you all think I just naturally know everything about everything, but I don't. And pull back the curtain, and I don't know much about anything at all. But I'm still exploring and learning and growing and trying. And I hope to share things with you as I discover what rings true with me, as I discover what feels true. So these are books that I read when I'm looking for guidance. Maybe I'm feeling depressed or down or discouraged. Maybe I just need some really beautiful words to lift my heart, to restore my faith in humanity, to remind me that we are here for a reason, because I truly believe everyone is here for a reason. And so I have eight books here that I'm going to talk about that I read when I need that guidance. And I feel like I always need guidance. I'm always grabbing one of these books, just opening up to a page and just reading something, and it always usually always makes sense. And sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but sometimes it makes a lot of sense. That's exactly what I need to hear at that that very moment. I have an endless list of authors and books to choose from, but today these are the books that ring true for me. The top of my list is Martha Beck. Any of her books just have changed my life. I, I connect with her writing so much and with her teaching so much that I took her Wayfinders life coach training. It was nine months of really intense training. Um, I got to meet her. It was phenomenal. Met some really great people, but I love the way she teaches in her books. And I wanted to help people in the same way that she helped me. And I'm going to talk about her, her first book that she wrote, the first book that I read. It's not the first book that she wrote, but the first book that I read was Finding Your Own North Star. And this was more than 20 years ago. And I was really, I was really in a place where I felt alone and discouraged. And I felt like I was, I was rudderless. I had no compass. I had no direction. And I found this book and it really resonated at a time in my life that I was feeling lost and adrift. But her steps in in this book help you claim the life you were really meant to live. Here's a quote from her that she has in her book. Explorers depend on the North Star when there are no other landmarks in sight. The same relationship exists between you and your right life, the ultimate realization of your potential for happiness. 
I believe that a knowledge of that perfect life sits inside of you, just as the North Star sits in an unaltering spot. She has the theme that we already know our purpose. We just have to listen to our internal compass, and it's always giving us inspiration and guidance to where we're supposed to be. And if you go through her book, she gives you exercises to do and funny stories. She is hilariously funny. She's the kind of funny I want to be all the time. She is just spectacularly funny. I listen to her podcast. I I would move into her closet if she'd let me, but she won't let me. Um, but not only is she really, really funny, but she is super smart. She holds three degrees, a bachelor's, a master's, and a doctorate degree from Harvard University. Yes, she is that kind of smart. And because of that, the second book on my list is also one of her books. Um, it is her latest book called The Way of Integrity. It's about how to live with integrity. Spoiler alert, how to live with integrity. It's And I love the way she has structured this novel. Uh, not novel, so this, this book, not a novel, not fiction. But it's inspired by the Divine Comedy, you know, Dante's classic story of moving through the, the several rings of hell and out again. And she uses that classic story to explain the process of creating our own personal integrity. And she breaks it down into small, manageable steps. So you don't feel overwhelmed with going from point A to point Z. You go from point A to point A.1, maybe point A.2. Point and she slowly guides you through the process of returning to your truth. She says to be in integrity is to be one thing. It's to be whole. It's to be undivided. And that integrity is the cure for our unhappiness. She says that along the way, we abandon our deep sense of truth. Maybe we followed somebody else's guidance. Maybe it was our parents who thought they knew what was best for us. Or maybe it's a religion that steered us down a way that we didn't quite ring true with. Maybe a friend has misled you. Maybe you're being led by people that don't have your best interest. We give people a lot of say in our lives. Maybe someone's trying to get you to buy into an MLM and you don't know how to get out of it. Well, the way of integrity helps you regain that control over the direction of your life. Because I think at some point, all of us have woken up and, and thought, how the hell did I get here? This isn't the life I wanted to leave. This isn't who I am. I don't feel comfortable in this skin. What I'm doing doesn't ring true with me. Well, the way of integrity helps you find your way back to yourself. It's a beautiful book. Read it today. So I'm going to move on to a different author. I could stay on Martha Beck books all day long, but I will not do that to you. So Jen Sincero is another one of my favorite authors. She is also hilarious, which has to be I think it has to be part of any book that I read. It has to have humor because that's how I connect with writers. I love their sense of humor. And Jen Sincero has a really, really funny sense of humor. And she has a series of books. They're all really good. They're the Badass series. And the original one is definitely my favorite. It's called You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. She describes herself as a motivational cattle prod to get you jolted back to life. And her story is, is, is so fascinating. She went from a frustrated 40-year-old living in a converted garage, watching you know emptiness blow through her empty bank account. And now she's a successful business owner and coach, and she travels the world, and she's a motivational speaker. 
And she talks about how she changed her life around, how she used these exercises and created these exercises to create a mindset for success in her life. It's, it's incredible. And I've taken a couple of her courses and it's just basic stuff, just basic stuff that we just don't do. Here's, here's a great exercise from her book, You Are a Badass. So it's called Be the Alien. So you're going to pretend you're an alien just floating through space and you decide to fly down to earth and you inhabit a body. You inhabit your own body. So you are an alien looking out through your own eyes. And you get to see your life through this eyes, through the eyes of this alien, where everything is new. Everything's an adventure. Everything is exciting. And then you notice how does this alien have the most fun? What does, where does it, what does it do? Where does it go? What does it eat? What does it listen to? What does it watch? What does it play? What lights it up? If you were discovering your life for the very first time, what would you be gravitating toward? You know, what, what would you run headlong into? And there are so many things that we do that hold us back out of our true love. We're afraid of failure or we're afraid of looking stupid or making mistakes. But guess what? We all do all of those things. It's part of learning. And the more you do it, the more risk you take and the more risk you take, the more reward you get. The alien in your mind can feel what you love and it heads right toward it. So what is it? This reminds me of a, one of my favorite fiction books that I've ever read called The Human by Matt Haig about an alien that comes down and inhabits a human body. He's actually um, an intergalactic assassin. But he's here to kill somebody. But his experience living as a human on Earth is just jaw-droppingly beautiful and funny and sad. Oh, it's all the things. That's a bonus book for you right there. The Human. So number four on my list is a book by Donna Farhi called Bringing Yoga to Life. And Donna Farhi is a brilliant yoga instructor. And I'd been teaching yoga for a few years when I found this book, and it changed the way I practice and the way I teach and the way I live yoga. Donna, with this book, helped me take my yoga practice off the mat for the first time and apply the practice of yoga into daily life. You know, there are many people who teach yoga as a fitness class, and that's great. I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do. People go to yoga because it's, it, it, it's hard. It you know, makes you strong. You use all kinds of muscles. You get limber and strong. You do all kinds of weird contortion-y things, which I don't do. But when I started applying Donna's rules for life, she says, yoga gives us the skills to meet life head on with dignity and poise. That's the best way of saying it. You use the skills in yoga to meet life head on with dignity and poise. She also smacks down the idea that a regular yoga practice will make you, you know, make life flow like a beautiful bird on a breeze, you know, effortless and light and sunshine and rainbows, but life doesn't work that way. And yoga is magic but it can't shield you from failure or heartbreak or mistakes or embarrassment or anger or frustration or all of the things that we avoid that are hard to deal with that make us feel a little bit smaller. But yoga, especially the way she talks about in this book, yoga reminds us to treat ourselves with love and kindness and care. And if you go through the first two limbs of Patanjali's eight limbs of yoga, the yamas and niyamas, 
you know, you're treating yourself and your life, the people around you with nonviolence. That's that's the base. That's the base thing to do is to be nonviolent toward yourself and others. That's the first thing you do taking your yoga practice off the mat. And then truth, living in truth, kind of like Martha Beck's integrity, living in that truth, being non-stealing, obviously not stealing stuff, being non-grasping, not grasping for things that you don't need or being envious or wanting more, practicing restraint, practicing cleanliness in our mind and our bodies, practicing the art of contentment, practicing discipline and self-study, always learning, always growing, and the ability to surrender. So all of those things are just written about beautifully in her book. Even if you're not a yogi practitioner, bringing yoga to life is really a great introduction to yoga. Even if you never, ever do a downward dog in your life, it's still a great practice. It's still a great book to read and a great practice. So book number five, Wayne Muller, he wrote a book called A Life of Being, Having, and Doing Enough. And the book starts out with the sentence, we have forgotten what enough feels like. And I read that and I thought, that is so powerful. We are just inundated with, you know, having more money, having a bigger house, having the perfect children, the perfect marriage, having people adore you, having millions of TikTok followers, having, you know, people adore you and want you and put you on pedestals. But whatever it is to you that you use to fill that hole in your soul, it will never be enough because we don't remember what enough means. We've gotten out of the practice of, of being grateful for the small things that we have. We live in a society of such um, affluence and such abundance and such um, over, over shopping and over choices. You know, you look, you go into a Costco, you go into a Sam's Club, and there is so much. There's so much there. And we still load our carts up with, you know, a year's supply of toilet paper and a year's supply of granola bars. And how much of that do we ever use? Maybe the toilet paper. The granola bars usually get donated to something. But here are some wisdom nuggets from that book. First, we find enough in our life by simplifying our choices. When you walk into a Costco and you're overwhelmed with the choice, don't go to Costco. Go to a small grocery store that has very limited number of items because you find enough when you simplify your choices. Choose A or choose B, not A through Z, and your life is a little bit smoother. Another wisdom nugget is remember there's a time and a season for everything. You know, you look at the people who graduate from high school or college and they want the house and the and their degree and their respect and the whatever it is they think they they deserve right there without realizing it's a lifetime of work to get to those places for most people. Maybe you graduate and you're hired by, I don't know, some big tech company and they give you a gajillion dollars to work there, but that's not usually the way it works. You have to be patient and remember there's a time and a season for everything. Another wisdom nugget is to be present, learning to be present with what you already have, with who you already are, with what you already bring to the world, and being comfortable with yourself. 
you know, not letting society or your parents or your friends or TikTok influencers dictate what you need. If you've ever scrolled through TikTok and you see the latest great mascara or the great leggings or the perfect dress and you think, yes, I've got to have that. Do you? Do you have to have that? I'm going to say probably not. So that was book number five. Book number six, this is another author that I would live in her closet if she would let me. Anne Lamott, I read everything she writes, including her Twitter posts, which are hilarious. She's written some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful books that um, I have on my bookshelf that I read over and over again. And her latest book, Dusk, Night, Dawn, is a book about revival and courage. She tackles issues like relationships, faith, loss, sobriety, mistakes, and humanity. And she tackles those with humor again, because it has to be humorous, and grace. Her writing is poetry. It is just poetry. It's just beautiful the way she strings words together, where she has you crying in two words. It's just, she's such a powerful writer. But this book reminds us that we are able to navigate life's difficulties, that hope always shines and lights the way even if we don't think we can see it. A lot of this book is about her her marriage to Neil. They met in 2016 and they got married and she's just so funny. It's just so funny to hear her being in a relationship and it's beautiful because he loves her so much and it's just so sweet. So I might have to move to Sausalito where she lives. I think she teaches Sunday school in Sausalito. I might need to move there and move into her closet and Maybe she won't find me. I'll just listen into all of her conversations because that's not creepy at all. In fact, she said her first great prayer was a plea to God. And the plea was, just help me, help me, help me. Well, this book is an answer to that prayer. If you have that same prayer in your heart, read Dusk, Night, Dawn, because it is beautiful, beautiful. The next author is Gabby Bernstein. Actually, it's Gabrielle Bernstein. And she's written tons of books. She's been writing since she was like 23. And I think she has maybe 10 or 12 books. I haven't read all of her books. But The Universe Has Her Back is probably my favorite. That one and Super Attractor. They're both really, really good books. But this one, Universe Has Your Back, she talks about how we have become resistant to being happy, which I thought was really a profound thing to say. She says our primary primary reason for unhappiness is that simple, as we just are resistant to being happy. You know, we talk ourselves out of being happy a, a lot. She talks a lot about our vibration level, which I mentioned in the Law of Attraction episode. She teaches that when you hit an obstacle, it's not a roadblock, it's a detour, taking you in a better, different, correct direction. Maybe your life is going in one way, but you're supposed to be going in another and you hit that obstacle and it takes you into the right direction. She says, we are always being guided. Just like Martha Beck said, we have an internal guidance system that gently prods us through intuition, through um, gut instinct to make us work toward what our purpose is here and that we all have a purpose here. She challenges us to pay attention and to sometimes take a leap of faith and trust that the universe unlocks a happiness inside of us and it almost takes the pressure off to know that it's okay to be happy. 
it's okay to admit that you're happy. It seems like right now, if we admit that, people are like, well, what are you smoking or what are you using? But no, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to admit that. I think we need to admit it more often that we're happy. It makes me think when someone says to me, you know, how are you today? And I usually answer, I'm good. How are you? But what I should say instead is something like, I'm amazed to be alive today in this body, in this place with this family, with these people who love me. I'm grateful for every breath I take into my lungs, to all the beautiful food that nourishes my body. I fall on my knees in reverence for the sunrise, for playing catch with my dog, for snuggling with my husband and for the chance I have to be alive today. But that makes conversations really weird. So I don't say any of that. I say, I'm good. How are you? But in my heart, that's what I'm saying. And I know the universe has my back. So that's book number seven. Book number eight, the final book on my list, is Brene Brown, Braving the Wilderness. It is a staple on most people's self-help list because she is brilliant. If you've been living in a cave on a deserted island for 20 years, you might not know Brene Brown. But she's a social scientist who studies vulnerability, shame, love, belonging, and empathy, all the really, really difficult things to research. Her TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability, has been viewed more than 62 million times. That's like 62 million times more than my TEDx talk has been viewed. A lot. She has a lot of views. And Braving the Wilderness talks about our society's crisis of disconnection. Something I talked about in episode 80 about how the epidemic of loneliness is affecting women. But she writes about four ways to bring us closer as couples, as families, as communities, and as global citizens as we seem to move farther and farther apart. She has these four ways to bring us closer. The first one is that people are hard to hate close up. So move in. It was easy to hate someone from a distance or hate someone over social media. But when you're face to face with someone, it's very hard to hate that person. So move in closer. Her second way is to speak truth to bullshit, but be civil. We need more of that. Calling out the bullshit, but being civil and respectful at the same time. That is a fine line. I'm still learning that fine line. I'm really good at the first part, speaking truth to bullshit. That's like my, my dream job. My dream job, speaking truth to bullshit. It's the being civil part that I need to work on. Her third point is to hold hands with strangers. We need to connect with each other on a human level. And her fourth is have a strong back, a soft front, and a wild heart. And I often use that phrase in yoga when I teach yoga classes because to stand tall, we need to have a strong back. And to have a wild heart, we need to be soft with ourselves and be willing to explore and take risk. So those are the eight books. The trick is not to just read the books, but to incorporate the lessons of those books. And you can't absorb everything and incorporate everything because we're just not superhuman that way. But if you can find two or three things in each book that you can implement into your daily life, your life will change in dramatic ways. You will start to like yourself more. You'll trust your intuition more. You'll feel more guided. You'll feel more connected. It really is magic to not just read the books, but to absorb and implement them. 
So that's it. Those are my eight favorite self-help books today. If you have a favorite author or a favorite book that you that got you through a difficult time, I would love to hear from you. I'm always looking to add to that endless list of books that I have. Um, I can never learn enough. I'm going to continue to learn as long as my brain is functioning. So share your list, share your favorites. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are the absolute best, absolute best. Please share, rate, subscribe, follow all the things to help get my podcast in front of more ears. I guess that's a thing. And thanks again for listening. Love you all. To continue your journey toward love and connection, follow me at Life and Laughter Coaching on Instagram and Facebook.